enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone, your end-time watchman, bringing you light in a dark world where truth is rivaled with a lie and the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hello everybody, welcome to the Prophecy Zone. This is Phil Armstrong and uh, today we're going to have a guest, hopefully, um, Pastor David Langford from Voice of Evangelism. Um, so hopefully he'll be calling in pretty soon. Um, we're going to take a quick look at the news. Uh, and uh, the uh, Iranian Navy is um, going to be sending uh, some ships to the Atlantic Ocean very soon. Uh, article says that uh, Iran's Navy commander um, says Iran's Navy forces will extend their presence to the Atlantic Ocean. They're probably already there. <laughs> the powerful presence of the Iranian Navy in the high seas has proven the Islamic uh, Republic naval might well their power is expressing their power um, there's been um, unidentified swimming objects lately in the Atlantic and the Pacific so they might already be there uh, in the Atlantic Ocean as it is and um, they're shooting up firing um, nuclear tip missiles who knows and we're going to be asking where did they get these nuclear tip missiles from if their uh, nuclear program was not that advanced. I mean, who's to say Russia didn't give them any nuclear tip weapons? Now, Israel citizens are scrambling, or the, the government is scrambling to find more gas masks um, as Syria deteriorates. Uh, looks like, yeah, Syria is turn into a, a greater than great quagmire and uh, looks like they're looking for uh, gas masks now is that proof that that the Middle East is about to go to war well it's, it's sort of obvious uh, men men have not created a weapon that they have not used and man sure will not travel all over travel thousands of miles to not go to war uh, there's a few turn back especially in 1973 when uh, Nixon and the current uh, president of uh, Russia at the time, uh, I have to remember his name, but uh, they were very close to war back then. And uh, Nixon sent them a letter and they, they had a dialogue going and they averted war. 
but this time uh, it's on the globalist agenda uh, to uh, to to actually go to war. Matter of fact, just ask Albert Pike to look it up in the search engine. Um, okay, so the next guest, hopefully this is Pastor on on the line. Uh, I've been listening to him. And I can't. I got a bad memory, so it's forty three. I'm forty three years old, so I don't know if it was in Hawaii or Oklahoma. I'm pretty. It might have been Oklahoma, where I would listen to him almost every day. And I know I used to um, listen to a few. Uh, I would. I was really picky when I was in the military, so uh, I didn't listen to just anybody. Um. Uh, I decided to just have him on today because I could have went and fished for for a few other people, but the guys that uh, I wanted on, they were already uh, guests on the show a while back. My brother Rick Rick Wow, but uh, he's so busy, uh, I kind of figured out he was pretty busy because he's he's going um, overseas and doing all kinds of stuff. So uh, I decided since I haven't had Pastor on here before. Um, just to have him on here by himself first, and then um, you know go from there. But there, the, we're getting squeezed for time anyway. The the the, the days that we ha- we can come on the internet and preach the gospel might be coming to a close. So you might as well just take it a step at a time. Well, anyway, um, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna bring our uh, guest on, Pastor David Langford. October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcturnan.name. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Prosperity Unbox Talk Radio.
Okay, we're back. Let us pray for Damascus. Um, I noticed that the, the city's been flushed out. Um, some of the people that used to be uh, in Iraq are, are who went and fled into Syria is now leaving and going back to Iraq. And so the um, so-called Al-Qaeda is starting to rev up, rev up back in, in Iraq again. Um, and also pray that before Isaiah 17 takes place, is, uh, Israel does give the citizens a warning. Everybody's so hyped up for uh, Damascus being destroyed. I'm not so... Uh, I, I'm not so eager for that to happen if the people can't get out of there. Now, the good thing about Isaiah 17, it never said people are going to die. It just said that the city was no longer a city. Uh, so it looks like to me they're going to get flushed out of there. And the only thing that's going to be left is the regime anyway. But pray that the regime can save too. Um, anyway, I'm going to bring up Pastor. Uh, he's from The Voice of Evangelism. Um, check that out. We'll get some more information about that a little bit later. Hey, hey how you doing, Pastor? I'm doing very well. You, Brother Phil? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm so glad to have you on here. Uh, what are you uh, uh, doing right now as far as your I, – I, I wanted to start off just seeing what you're doing as far as your evangelism across the United States. Well, what we're doing, uh, July the 8th, we resigned our pastorate, the church we started, founded back in 2002, and uh, we're going to take a little bit of time of rest, and then we're going to look for our next assignment. Whatever the Father wills for us is what we're willing to do. We Amen. do know the world is changing quickly, changing drastically. I was listening to your uh, earlier part of your program about Israel and what's going on. I, I had the privilege of having dinner with Victor Kalisher. Mm -hmm. He's an executive commander in the uh, Israeli Navy mm -hmm. this past November, and uh, he's a Christian. His granddad uh, came through the Holocaust. Uh, his dad converted to Christianity, so he was raised in a Christian home, so he understands fully both sides, mm -hmm. the Old and the New Testament, from his spiritual disposition being raised in a Christian home. But he was telling me at dinner one night, no one has the understanding of the magnitude of the missiles that are going to come in on Israel in this next war. Wow. When I came home, I read where Hezbollah had thirty to 40,000 missiles just by themselves, not counting you know, Damascus, Syria, Iran, but just Hezbollah. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the war that's coming is going to be devastating. I do believe it has the ability to lead into literally a third world war of mm -hmm. Ezekiel 38 and mm -hmm. Ron being involved, what you were just speaking about, uh, Isaiah chapter 17. Mm -hmm. You know, we all hate to see the destruction. We hate to see the war. But Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 6, Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So... Brother, these things have to come to pass, regretfully, and that's what's so sad. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What is the um, uh, what's on your radar as far as um, end time prophecy is concerned? Uh, in, in, I'm including the Middle East. Um, what is on your radar? What, what is sticking out to you mostly 
um, for the near future? Well, the, 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 the nearest, what I'm witnessing, and it's a process. None of this stuff happens overnight. We're getting ready for the new world order. Yeah. Uh, for a better lack of terms, here in America, uh, the Illuminatis are presenting to us two losers, Obama and Romney. We're <laughs> going to lose either way we go. Yeah. Uh, as you just said a moment ago, Albert Pike, there's going to be a third world war between the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims. Um, when Yigshat Rabin was assassinated in November of 1995, John Paul, when he came to Jerusalem to visit with Leah Rabin, mm-hmm. he told her, he said, Jerusalem must become an internationalized city. It must become the capital of three faiths, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. So behind the scenes, covertly, they right now are trying to work something out where everybody can get a piece of the Temple Mount Mm -hmm. prior to the building of a new temple from Israel. But what's happening, this, this world government, this beast, is coming on the scene because it's trying to emulate the kingdom of God, the government yeah. of God. Uh-huh. Isaiah said of his government would be upon his shoulder, and of his kingdom there would be no end. Mm-hmm. So Satan is trying to emulate that by bringing this new world order. Yeah. Uh, and this is a carnal act, of course. It's not going to last. It's not going to survive. In Daniel chapter 7, when he talked about the ten toes, partly iron, partly clay, shows that government with humanity will mix. Mm-hmm. And what we're witnessing right now, because people want the government to take care of them, those who are socialistic and communistic want mm-hmm. the government to be the god. So this this government, this beast government that's coming, is going to be a government, a beast government, Revelation 13, uh, who is like unto the beast, who can make war with the beast. Uh, so this is what they're desirous to come to fruition, and then there will be this man, the Antichrist, who will make his debut. He will do what Jesus would not do in Luke 4 when the devil took him up to exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Mm-hmm. I'll give you all these kingdoms if you'll just fall down and worship me. And mm-hmm. so Satan has desired that worship. Since he can't get it, he's going to bestow this great power on this man, the Antichrist, and of course, Revelation thirteen three says, and all the world wandered after the beast, for they marveled, and they worshipped the beast, the dragon, which gave him his seat, his power, his great authority. So this is what I'm witnessing right now. And of course, in the process of this, there are going to be wars. Yeah. Uh, the, the Antichrist is going to be a man of war. Uh, he, he thinks he's got his uh, kingdom established over in the Middle East. Trouble out of the south comes. Most people think that's Egypt. Mm-hmm. So he he won't he won't dictate the whole world. Yeah. But this system is being set up for him to help control all of our lives. That's that's what people don't understand. This this Obamacare. This is this is not about health care. This is about controlling our lives. The mark of the beast, the chip, uh, computerization, uh, his civilian army. Uh, the sales tax on rental property, uh, sales tax on real estate property, all of this is to bring us into control and dictate our lives and try to usher in this government, which they would believe would be a a kingdom. But it won't stand because Jesus is that great rock that's hewn out of the stone that comes and bursts the statue, the head of gold, which is Nebuchadnezzar, the the, the arms of uh, silver, 
uh, that was uh, the Medo-Persian Empire, and then the Grecian, and then the Rome, etc. So it, this is what I'm this is what I'm watching, and this is why it's a process. Uh, yeah. Politically, uh, if you're thinking your vote is going to change the direction of this nation, you're only fooling yourself because, as I said, uh, and I don't say this to be derogatory or demeaning to either man, but from a Christian spiritual viewpoint, we don't have a winner. All we have is a loser to choose and to vote for. So what I feel like is getting ready to happen, all of this that's taking place, whether Obama goes back in or not, this, if it's Romney, he'll just pick up the mantle and proceed with it to bring about this one world government. We heard it preached openly, publicly, uh, 1991 from George Bush won the New World Order. This is something they have desired, they have coveted, and uh, they're they're well on their way. And that's 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 what we're witnessing. All the government regulations, the Dodd Frank legislation, Obamacare, all of this about bringing this entire beast system on the scene, brother. Yeah. Europe um, seems to be having big-time problems. You think that that will be coming over here, and if that's the case, uh, I guess it's two questions. Is the United States in Bible prophecy, or do you see them anywhere? Well, if you look at the book of Daniel and you look at the lion who has two wings and the wings are plucked, then you can somehow visualize that speaking of Britain and the wings being America, the eagle, that's our symbol, and and England, Britain, the U.K. is the lion. So, yes, I can see American Bible prophecy. uh, To what degree, it's hard to say. Now, there's a lot of things I've read throughout the years and studied uh, you know, Babylon in Revelation 18 is destroyed. And those that are buying or, or those that are selling their merchandise to Babylon, they weep and they mourn for she is destroyed, you know, in one day. And a lot of people thought that was 9-11 when they saw the Twin Tower buildings burning. Uh, I actually preached many years ago in the 80s. I did a lot of preaching in New York, and I preached actually in what was called West Babylon Church of God. So I've preached in what they call Babylon mm-hmm. there in New York. But what is what is so ironic is um, we talk about our trade deficit. Yeah. So in Revelation 18, verse 17 says, For in one hour so great riches is come to naught, and every shipmaster and all the company in ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning what seed is like unto this great city? So the phrase, as many as trade by sea, and we we constantly in America run a trade deficit, and we trade by sea with these massive containers. So yeah. to me, that is another uh, possibility of that verse right there, because, you know, of course, I don't live in Europe, I don't live in Asia, but I do live in America, so I hear yeah. this phrase, trade deficit. Mm-hmm. And so we're buying more than we're manufacturing and selling overseas. And even today or yesterday, uh, Ford's stocks or their sales were down 57% because of the Europe uh, purchasing power to buy Ford products has diminished greatly. So America could very well play a role. I think it would be an insignificant role. Uh, I believe America will be diminished to the capacity that it cannot help Israel. Yeah. Israel has to totally rely on Jehovah. 
And that's what will lead them back to repentance because there'll be nobody to help them. The whole world, and we're witnessing it, the whole world yes, is against them. And, you know, we got a, a guy in the White House is not very favorable with, with them right now either. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, do you... Uh, okay, actually, I'm going to look at this first. I, was, I had another question, but um, Matthew 24, 6 talks about there should be wars and rumors of wars. It seems like we're there now. Uh, it says, um, but the end is not yet. And then it switches gear. It switched stages almost. It says, for nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And it appears that that's coming up next. Now, my question is, the famines, the pestilence, and the earthquakes, why did it come uh, after the world world war. Well, I mean, because, I'm sorry, you know as well as I do, that's what wars create. Yeah. Wars create a famine because people in, during war don't have time to manufacture crops. Yeah, uh, they destroy the ability to get out there and harvest and and and, and do those things. Uh, we're witnessing drought right yeah. now. That's, that's yep. see, drought initiates famine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that right here in the, in the breadbasket of America right now. So when Jesus is going through this exegesis here and explaining all of this to us, you know, he, then he says in verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. We're not even in the great tribulation. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the child starting to come into the birth canal. The labor pains become more frequent and they become more severe. Mm-hmm. But it, won't, it will not be until the revelation of the Antichrist, that we start what's known as Great Tribulation. All these yeah. are birth pains that yeah. we're witnessing. And, and see, what's happening now, they're, they're exploding. Verse 5, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, you think about that phrase. How many ministries and ministers do we see on television, radio, etc.? They use the power mm-hmm. of Christ's name for their own personal gain. Yeah, yeah. So he, 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 see, they're telling the truth. Many mm-hmm. shall come in my name, saying, uh-huh. I am the Christ. They're telling the truth. Jesus yeah. is the Christ. But he also puts on there that, that addendum that, uh, and shall deceive many, mm-hmm. because they're not true servants of the Lord. You know, Second Corinthians eleven fourteen. No marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed into the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So Satan has his ministers, and they come in on the coattails or the veneer, the facade of being Christians, but they deceive the people. Oh. And so is, is that not also exploding? Yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, everybody on TV is shucking you down for a dollar. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, and, 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 and you see the promises of God are not based on money. It was all bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that makes me so sick at my stomach when everything's for sale. Mm-hmm. Nothing is for sale, brother. It was paid yeah. for by his work at Calvary. But see, these men use the power of his name, what he did at Calvary, to advantage themselves. And yeah. that's why they're false apostles. They're, they're deceitful workers, Paul said. That's all they are. Yeah, making merchandise. That's exactly right. Peter said, do you know what the word merchandise, if you look it up in the Greek, it says Mart, like Kmart, Walmart. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, go into our store and our catalog. Beautiful. And he said they'd make merchandise. That's exactly what the word merchandise in the Greek means. It is a Mart. 
beautiful packages. I mean, you, you go in some some of these churches and they sell in their little books and, and plastic when they used to have the cassettes. I remember that. They used to have yeah, and I have some. Don't get me wrong. I have yeah. some. But that's yeah. those are teaching materials to further people's knowledge. And let's face yeah. it. You know, I don't have anything on money. <laughs> yeah. You know, mine's about Bible prophecy, about living right, about getting ready, et cetera. These guys are doing it for the profit, yeah. uh, literally, just like uh, oh, uh, the Left Behind series. Mm-hmm. You know, the old boy, I think he made $80 million. His name slips my mind right now. Yeah, um, LaHaye. LaHaye, Tim LaHaye, yeah, I think you can see the $74 or $84 million off the series. And you know what's so strange about that is, Brother Phil, you know, they're making money off of something that's not a reality. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to be here, why would you bother spending money to buy that stuff if you're going to be raptured <laughs> out of here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It yeah. don't make good Bible sense. But, yeah, yeah, this 24th chapter of Matthew, Jesus is giving us an outline And then he tells us in verse 8, these are the beginning of sorrows. So we are in the throes, we're in the stage of sorrow, and it's only going to get worse. And Mm -hmm. we're witnessing it in the fact that people are becoming more poverty-stricken, more people on food stamps, more people on welfare. Um, We just see more and more of this. And then, of course, the aspect of the betrayal. Uh, Deliver you up to be afflicted, they'll kill you. Uh, you'll be offended, you'll be betrayed by one another, they'll hate one another. Uh, this is all, you, you look at the hatredness uh, just in, in our Congress and Senate. Mm-hmm. Those guys had rather die, physically die, than, than give in and make a concession for the good of the nation. Yeah. It's like, you know, and, and both of them are evil, don't get me wrong, both of these guys, <laughs> both sides are evil, but the point is, they're so hate, hatred at one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it just show, and of course Jesus said if a kingdom be divided it can't stand yeah. and that's why this nation will not stand because we're becoming more divided by the day brother yes sir yes sir now Second Timothy three talks about uh, gives a long list of um, the conditions uh, is this causing the um, it says the love of many should wax cold is that is those attitudes causing the, these things. Well, well, first of all, uh, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. What's causing the waxing is the abounding of sin. Mm -hmm. It used to be, you know, homosexuals, they stayed in the closet. Uh, You didn't hear about, you know, all these adulterous affairs. Even when John Kennedy was in the White House, how they covered up his salacious adultery. But now, everything is in the open. Everything is exposed. Everything is out in our face. And yeah. now you have all these pedophiles, you know, Jerry Sandusky, and they're so concerned about the football team and the college that they let this corruption go on. And this is the scary thing, if I can use that term. Because iniquity abounds, it negatively affects the life of the true children of God. And mm-hmm. the iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. It don't say they wax hotter more fervent, more fluid in the spirit, it says they wax colder, indifferent. And and because, you see, sin takes our spiritual edge. And yeah. now we witness on television things that we would have never seen just 15 years ago, the cursing, the profanity, the vulgarity, the nudity, all of these things. It just It's just one thing after another. And we, what happens to the believer 
he becomes desensitized. Mm-hmm. He sees it so much, he hears it so much, it doesn't have the cutting effect that it one time had. And yeah. say, well, I need to quit watching that. I need to turn that. I need to quit listening to that. And like I said the other day uh, on my radio program, I said, now y'all know why I don't go to movies. <laughs> you know, I just have a conviction about going to theaters. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not condemning anybody that does. I just don't do it because I'm not giving my money to Hollywood. I don't care how great the movie is. You uh-huh. still support those producers, those actors, or whatever, and they're, they're, they're adulterers, they're sodomites, they're all sorts of things. But it'll also save your life. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't doubt one bit this guy was not a CIA, CIA operative, mind-controlled. And, uh, oh, yeah. And they, yeah. Gave him the, the, they gave him the right word. And his ma- his mind went into that mode, and that's why he did what he did. And think mm-hmm. about it. He's getting $26,000 a year uh, a grant because he's in this uh, philosophical, neurological, scientific class. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is, this is because of iniquity. See, this is sin. This, the, the fact of playing with men's minds, uh, th- this is sin. This, 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 this is manipulation. This is coercion. Uh, and sad to say, some of these people don't even know they're in this. And yeah. that's why, you know, uh, the Bible says Jesus would give them a spirit of delusion. Mm-hmm. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth. So the enemy, Satan, is going to try to emulate, imitate delusional things because the Bible said God is going to send delusion. I believe it's in Isaiah 64, verse 4. He said, I will choose your delusion. He will choose the, the, the aspect that will cause you to become deluded where you can't reason, you can't understand. And so and this is all because we're allowing iniquity to abound. How about the, how about the uh, homosexuals, how they're attacking the Boy Scouts because oh, they won't yeah. capitulate and give in to letting the, the, the homosexuals in? Wow. Yeah, that is true. I heard a, um, yeah. a report on that. Yeah. 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 Uh, that is so tragic because, you see, they're trying to keep something wholesome there, and they can't because of the militant disposition of the homosexuals. Well, wow. Wouldn't it be nice if the church was that militant? Well, that's the problem, <laughs> brother. The church, for lack of better terms, has become effeminate. Yeah. Uh, we're passive. We don't want to stand for anything. And, uh, you know, but Psalms ninety four sixteen, David said, Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? So somebody has to stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to take a stand on this issue. But, you know, when you do, you know, get ready for the, the castigation, the criticism, the fault-finding, et cetera, because that's what they're going to do to you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Getting, getting, let's go back to the war, uh, okay. possible war in the Middle East. How soon do you think that that? Uh, I know we don't have a clock or nothing like that, but uh, from 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 what I've been watching, and we called a couple of false alarms. Uh, I say I, me too because last year the birth pains looked like we were going to go into war last year, and since then the military has grown like twice as much as that. How do we know that, uh, if any, that this is the time uh, that World War Three could break out any minute? I don't know that there is a particular sign given other than if you just take the fact of Ezekiel 37, Israel became a nation. Uh, you know, uh, uh, he prophesied, you know, to the dead bones. 
and uh, they they came together, and then God placed them in their land. And that happened May the 14th, you know, 1948. And uh, so there'll be they've been a nation now pushing 70 years. I, some people think it could go out as far as uh, 2018. Would I think that'd be right? 58, 68, 79, 8, 208. Uh, that would be that would be uh, yeah seventy uh, uh, two thousand eighteen would be seventy years depending on how you look at a generation. So any any I would think anywhere between now and, and then we, we, the, the time is there. I mean we could very well see that this year because I I know talking to this commander uh, they took um, he showed me pictures. Uh, you know how we have these concrete dividers when they're doing interstate work? Yeah. And they put these concrete dividers to separate the highway? Uh-huh. Well, every so often over there, they've, they've took these concrete dividers and they've built a little uh, shelters at all the bus stops so that if the missiles start flying in there, they can run into these little cubby holes uh, yeah. and be protected by the, the barrier. And then also on all new construction... They're, they build a ledge, about a two-foot ledge, over the top of every window. Uh-huh. And that way, if a missile was coming in at a particular trajectory, it couldn't come into the window because the ledge overhanging the window would negate that. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're getting ready. You know, you've read it, I've read it, the, the, the gas mask, they've passed them out, they're trying to get ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing everything that they know to do. And as I said, uh, Victor told me, you know, we know this is coming. We don't even know ourselves when it will be, but we know there will be tens, if not hundreds of thousands of missiles fired on us this next go-round. And yeah. uh, that's why they're anticipating such such devastation. And they, they're going to profusely retaliate. There will be no doubt about it, brother. I, you know they're getting their, their subs from uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. I think they're up now at about... Four, if not six, dolphin-class submarines where they can put the nuclear tips on the missiles. Yeah. That way, they can launch out of the Persian Gulf. They can launch out of the Mediterranean. You know, they, they realize they need this extra help. And since yeah. 2004, when Ariel Sharon was prime minister, they have been practicing these bombing raids for the last eight years. So they're wow. constant. I was over there in 2006. And uh, I remember we were going down the road in a bus, and I looked over, and their, their, their F-16s, F-18s, they were taking off and flying and landing. And it looked like uh, it just looked like a regular airport, but these were military aircraft. That's how active they're staying. They're, they're, they're keeping them up in the air, a, a number of jets, in the air constantly. I mean, I, I was shocked at the gravity as I witnessed I mean, they were like, you know, cars in the air, and they're landing and then taking off, and this was going on continually. Wow. And so they're, 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 uh, they know it's coming, and, and it's very close, and, and I've often I've said this. There, there, there's a threshold. Don't know what it is, but they will not allow it to be crossed. With or without America's blessing, they, they will not suffer that to be crossed, and they will do what they need to do. And I believe Benjamin Netanyahu is the man to do it. Mm-hmm. If he has the mindset, I believe that's why they were, you know, the 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 Kadima, the Knesset, uh, their their Congress, the Kadima was one of the, the one of the factions in the Knesset. They they all merged together and gave uh, uh, Netanyahu unfettered power 
uh, and I believe that's so they can be ready to do whatever they need to do for the survival of their nation. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's close. Yeah. Isaiah 17, um, Damascus um, taken out. Do you think that's one of the hooks in the jaws of Russia to bring them down? Because they're sitting around. Absolutely. You know, that's the funny thing. When you look at America, and we try to support Israel, but then you've got China and Russia supporting Syria. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like good and evil, and, and that's going to come to a head. And yes, um, you know, I, I, I don't doubt one bit that if it was not Russia, it was Korea, North Korea, that helped them begin Syria, begin that nuclear plant that uh, Israel took out about four years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody's helping them, and uh, somebody's behind them. And, uh, you know, this has been an unusual thing, but again, I believe this is to bring in this new world order. We're talking about the Arab Spring. Yeah. Why did we begin to see a, a sudden tumult, um, uh, tempest over there in the Middle East with Egypt and everything? Well, I believe they're getting this this thing in order, and the right people are getting leadership in the nations to bring forth this ten Confederate nation, these ten kings that will ultimately give their power the Antichrist. Uh, if you go back and look at Daniel and Revelation, Revelation 17, John said five are fallen, one is, and one is to come. So you got Egypt, Syria, Babylonian, Grecian, or Medo-Persian, Grecian, and then Rome. Five of those kingdoms were in the Middle East. Yeah. So this ten confederate nation has to be mostly, I believe, from the Middle East, influenced exceedingly by Islam, and then, you know, Europe, Rome, they are converting more and more to Islam. They're wanting Sharia law over there. So I can see an extension out of Europe into this confederate of nations, but most of this nation uh, conglomeration being Islam, and they will give their power, of course, to the Antichrist. And you know the hatred between Islam and Judaism. Yeah, yes, indeed. Now, do you... Uh think it could be um, the old Roman Empire divided into ten? Because the reason why I ask that question is because Nikolai Sarkozy, back in 2008, uh, started an organization called the Mediterranean Union. Now, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but um, it was kind of coincidental. Why did he do that? Where the, the Mediterranean Union uh, consists of the, uh, Europe, Africa, Northern Africa, and the Middle East, and uh, that's exactly what I just said. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you may have one element of Europe, and yeah. the reason I say that was because of those kingdoms. You know, the Revelation twelve talks yeah. about the seven-headed beast with seven uh, uh, crowns. Yeah. Well, the seven heads represent seven dispensational satanic kingdoms. We know their kingdoms because they have crowns. Yeah. And then in Revelation 17, verse uh, 10 says, And there are seven kings, five are fallen. So that would be Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persian, and Greece. That's five. The next phrase is, and one is. That would be Rome in John's day. And the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. 
So what I'm thinking, when this seventh kingdom is formed, this seventh demonic head, this kingdom, this crown, the Antichrist is the eighth. He's like yeah. the little horn, Daniel 7. He comes up out of that kingdom. Now, I believe because of knowing who the five prior kingdoms were, they were all Middle East kingdoms. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't say for sure, but maybe half of them are Middle East, half are Europe. You only, know what I, uh, only because we know that Rome was part of that because the scriptures tell us that. You know what I was thinking? Uh, it says in um, Daniel chapter 7, I think it is, uh, it says that, uh, and he, the Antichrist, will subdue three of the first ten. Uh-huh. And what I was thinking is that since Europe is a little bit more um, put, uh, well, actually not right now, it's not put together, but Europe is the is the West Wing. It'll have five. Africa, Northern, uh, Northern Africa will have two. And uh, the Middle Middle East will have three regions, meaning all the nations will consist of one region, which will make up ten. And the Antichrist, what he does is he takes over uh, the Eastern Wing, which is the Middle East. I mean, that's that's the way. I mean, I'm I'm trying to figure out another way, but it does. Uh, but that's very possible. You, you yeah. see, I feel like Bible prophecy is a lot like Peter on the day of Pentecost. Yeah. When he saw the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, he said, this is that which was spoken of by Joel the prophet. Mm-hmm. So he understood the book of Joel, where Joel 2, 18, 19, talks about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When it came to pass, he was able to look at the scriptures in the correct light and say, this yeah. is that now. Okay, yeah. it's just like I tell people in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Three times in that chapter... The Bible uses the phrase, then shall that wicked be revealed. The revelation is for the church. Sinners, wicked people do not get revelation. And furthermore, in 2 Thessalonians 2, 6, Paul said, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Mm -hmm. If the church is gone, why does Paul remind them and say, Listen, I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be gone. But when you see this man of sin, this is how he will be. He, this is how he will appear. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. The epistles are written strictly to the churches. So the church has to be here to get this revelation. Mm-hmm. And thus, in Second Thessalonians 2, 3, Paul said, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Mm-hmm. Verse 6, and mm-hmm. now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. Then in verse 8, and then shall that wicked be revealed. So in verse 3, 6, and 8, Paul says this man is going to be revealed. It is a revelation. And see, the the, the world, they won't, they won't get it. Yeah. So that they, you know, it's like you and I having an understanding. You know, when we get to this particular place, Phil, when I shake your hand, you know, this is when we're going to start testifying or we're going to start preaching. Well, who knows that? Me and you, because we have revealed that to each other. And so when you and I shake hands, or we have three or four of the guys with us, when we all shake hands or pat each other on the back, whatever the sign is, that's the revelation to us. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you were in the military, right? Yep. 
So you 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 got somehow that you got to convey the message that you got to know that you're on the same on the same page. Yes, sir. But the church is the only one that's going to be on the same page and know what's going on. You know, when the Antichrist does what he does in, in verse four, Second Thessalonians two four, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he has God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. When we see that, we're going to know. But see, the world's going to say, well, I don't see anything strange about that. Mm-hmm. But we're going to know that's the key. That's the linchpin because in Matthew twenty four fifteen, Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whosoever, it's got parentheses there in most Bibles, whosoever readeth, let him understand. He's alluding to Daniel's writings that this is how this man will be revealed in the temple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's that's why you have to know your Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you and I are looking and searching and trying to connect the dots, and we may not get all the dots connected, but when the revelation, when the revelation is made manifest, then you get it. Yeah. You know, you, you, it makes all the sense in the world when the light goes on, and the light will go on because we we have the word. Maybe we don't fully understand it or interpret it correctly, but when the events transpire, just like Jesus, he fulfilled every prophecy given about him, and they still missed him. Yeah. He, he did no. everything that the Old Testament said he would do, but the, the, the religious crowd still missed him. Yeah, yeah. So would you be surprised, uh, would you be surprised if one day you're walking around and we see these things happening and it's not really affecting the United States yet and you go go to your office, place of business, and you sit down at the table and uh, all of a sudden you hear this noise well actually, well, actually, back up the you know the ground starts shaking, and your wife asks you what the what is that and then you all of a sudden you and her look at each other and you hear a trumpet sound, and you just next thing you know you're looking at christ well i mean what what i mean i I understand you you're not free i this is just my question wouldn't you be really tickled pink to just <laughs> know that you don't have to go through that stuff? I mean, the reason why I ask you that is because I, I have an open mind. I have my host, the hosts on my radio program. They're all they are all ladies, but they're a post in mid, so I really don't care as far as that concern. But I'm just asking you the same question I'm asking them: is wouldn't you be really tickle pink just to know that those pre-trippers were right? Well, I would I would be elated, but you know that's <laughs> the funny thing. Um, I preached that doctrine for 17 years, and then in 1994, I went on a 40-day fast, not knowing what I was seeking God for. I just made a statement from the pulpit, I'm a man of integrity, so I had to keep my word. I said, I'm not going to eat a bite of food till God moves in my life, yeah. not knowing it would lead me into a 40-day fast. And I'll give you the scripture, brother, that was the, I, I, after the fast, mm-hmm. I got I was still frustrated in my spirit. I was here in my office praying, and I got up from my knees, and I was walking through my bedroom. And I said, Lord, I'll go on another 40-day fast. He said, no, just pray. I started praying three hours a day, mm-hmm. about one hour in the morning, evening, and at night. Yeah. And I walked in my home after one day I was out. Well, we live out in the country. We've got a little 18-acre farm out here. We live out in the country. I was out there walking down the highway praying and mm-hmm. walking. I walked in the house. I remember specifically it was in the month of August of of, uh, of 94, and the Lord spoke to my heart, said, get your Bible. You're ready. I'm ready to show you. 
And the first scripture he gave me was First Peter 1, verse 7, uh-huh. that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, though it perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, there's only one second coming, and Peter right there says it. He's talking to the believers. He's talking about their faith, that it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And then when he showed me that, I began to try to figure out why I was taught a pre-trib rapture doctrine. And then when I begin to analyze every verse, everything, I come to the full, wholesome conclusion. It's error. It's wrong. There's no scriptures in Revelation that ever shows the church in heaven. There's no scriptures showing us that the marriage supper, the marriage supper is not even in heaven. It's in, it's on the earth, and it's found in Revelation 19, verse 7. And in verse 11, Jesus comes back on a great white stallion, and the Bible does not show the church in heaven getting rewards. In Revelation 22:12, Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. And when I began to study it out, brother, I said, Uh-oh, there's no such thing as a seven-year tribulation. Every Bible reference, other than Daniel 9 and 27, that's not to say there's not a seven-year covenant. You know, a lot of people in, in uh, 1993, uh, September, when they signed the Peace and Security Agreement on the White House lawn, Yasser Arafat, Ikshat Rabin, Bill Clinton stood behind both of the men with his arms around them. That was a picture. That was a that was a picture that was apropos for the Antichrist. But it says he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Yikshat Rabin represented many people. Yasser Arafat represented many people. And Bill Clinton was putting his arms around both men, confirming their covenant. We've been told the Antichrist makes a covenant. No, no, no. He don't make a covenant. He confirms a covenant. A confirmation is a secondary action of something that's already took place. You call a hotel in New York, give them your credit card, you booked it. They give you a confirmation number. That's a secondary action to something that you've already done. Or you get a confirmation in the mail. That's just a confirmation that you've already done this. You've executed this. So that picture of those three men demonstrated a treaty. Okay, but nowhere else in the Bible does it talk about a seven-year scenario. It's always time, that's one, times is two, that makes three, and half a time, or 42 months, or 1,260 days. There's never a seven-year period at all in the book of Revelation. Never. It doesn't exist. And so what I come to understand was Jesus, his ministry was three and one-half years. He began his ministry at about the age of 30. He was born around September, Feast of Trumpets. He died in March or April. That'd make him 33 and a half years old. Um, So he got the first half of Daniel's 70th week. We have now gone into the church age, the church dispensation. And then once the Antichrist is revealed, the clock starts ticking again. And then it says in Revelation 13, verse 5, And he shall continue 40 and two months, three and one half years. So... When I begin to dissect the scriptures, you know, uh, and now I've been preaching the post-trib rapture longer than I've preached the pre-trib rapture. 
since 1994. I just, you know, I said, this is, this is, you know, you got to make the scriptures line up. You know, I have people tell me there's no such thing as an antichrist. Well, who is Jesus Christ throwing into the into the lake of fire, the beast, and the false prophet? Who are these two men? You know, they say antichrist is just a spirit. No, it's a person. Yes. He's called the son of perdition. Judas Iscariot was a real person. He was called the son of perdition. John 17, Jesus said, I've kept them all but one, the son of perdition. Paul said, then shall that wicked be revealed, the son of perdition. And so uh, he's a literal man, and he will be cast into the lake of fire. And then after the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ, Satan then will be led out of the bottomless pit in Revelation 21. He then is cast into the lake of fire where it says the false prophet and the beast already are. Yeah. These, these are real entities. These are real people. People can try to, you know, that's the thing. Some of the scripture has to be symbolized. And what do I mean by that? Out of his mouth goeth a sharp two-edged sword. That's symbolic. He'll be riding a literal white horse when he comes back, but his words are so powerful, it's like a two-edged sword. Yeah. We have to understand when it's symbolic and when it's literal. Yeah. What I'm saying? Yeah. And so we have so much misinterpretation because people don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping... Uh, you're hoping I'm wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, Titus two, Titus two thirteen says, "Looking for that blessed hope." Amen. See, uh, when the world becomes distressed, it's going to be a blessed hope. Right now, it's not a blessed okay. hope. People don't want Christ to come. Yeah. You know that. I know that. They don't want Jesus to come. They don't. They don't that Jesus ain't even on their mind. Yeah. Even in the church. Yeah. You know they want to succeed. Oh. They want to climb the ladder of success, and uh, but He is the blessed hope. And uh, yeah. praise God when it gets to the end. You know, we'll all be crying out. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quick. That's what John said. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Yes, sir. You know, because when that once that happens, brother, we're we're in the kingdom and eternal bliss forever. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been awesome time. Yes, sir. <laughs> and this is this is just a trial. Yep. You know, Job went through great tribulation. If you if you lost your children, you lost your home. You lost your finances, and then your body is smitten with boils from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, and your wife is telling you, why don't you curse God and die? But if that's not great tribulation, I want somebody to tell me what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, you're quite welcome, friend. Anytime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Could you give us some information about um, your ministry? Yes, sir. If people want to go to my website, it's www.the Voice of Evangelism. You have to put the word the there. Thevoiceofevangelism.com. They can go there, find our materials. They can find our, we only do two radio programs a week, Monday and Tuesday. We're on WWCR uh, 9.35 from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Mondays and Tuesdays. And then our Tuesday program is rebroadcast at midnight on WWCR, Saturday nights at midnight on 4840. And then, of course, they can always go to our, our website, go to Blog Talk Radio, and all of our programs are archived for their convenience, just like yours are. Amen, amen. And could you, uh, one more thing, uh, give uh, people um, a uh, a call for repentance and salvation? Yes. Uh, the Bible says in Mark 1 and 15, the time is fulfilled The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. 
So we're going to take the time to pray for the sinners today that God would touch their hearts and bring them to the knowledge of his son Jesus. Father, as we come humbly before your throne today, we come as children, and you are our father. You're the master, we're the servants. And Lord, we pray for everyone listening today that is not saved or where they're not where they're not where they need to be. We ask you, Lord, to convict them of their sins, for you made it so easy for us. You said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we confess you with our mouth and believe in our heart that God hath raised your son from the dead, we shall be saved. Now I pray the Holy Spirit of God to convict men and women alike, young and old, Lord, of their sins, that they would have a spirit of repentance, because it is the goodness of God that leads us all to repentance. Touch my brother Phil Armstrong, his ministry. Use him mightily here in this end time hour to touch the hearts of many, many souls, Father. And we'll give you the praise for all that you do. For it's in Christ's name we pray, Lord. Amen. Thank you, brother. God bless you, Brother Armstrong. You take care and have a great day. You too, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Wonderful uh, interview. Um, And um, we're going to take a quick break. Actually, no, we're not because we don't have that much time. (laughs) But um, be sure to check us out um, every day because we're we're either going to be doing a um, rebroadcast of a past um, program or somebody else's program, or we're going to have a special guest come on. Um, Try to do these shows early in the morning. Uh, so we can get the word out because time is coming um, when we might not be able to preach the gospel on the internet and that is fast coming. Matter of fact, they got a kill switch. So one little push of a button just like a nuclear bomb, a couple keys twisted and um, we won't be able to speak online. So uh, God bless everybody out there. I hope y'all have a wonderful week. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed today's show. Uh, and and uh, great information uh, from Pastor Langford. Um, hopefully we can get more people on um, the show in the coming days to talk about the, what's going on. But um, anyway, y'all have a wonderful day and God bless y'all. See y'all next time.